0: two zero two four cff i can't wait to see you there
1: welcome to biz help for you with host candy messer entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture like profitability success and a smooth running organization there always seems to be
0: those little things like taxes, employee
1: compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer.
0: Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed my last interview, and if you missed it and would like to tune in, links can be found on my YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when the podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Bethany Meadows has been a mompreneur for almost 20 years and understands firsthand about the juggle of running a business and raising a family. In 2008, after going through a divorce and wanting to continue homeschooling her five children, starting her own business seemed like the answer. Using her previous experience as a corporate marketing executive, Bethany founded Vertical Solutions Media, a full-service brand and marketing agency that helps businesses grow and succeed. Her first book, Getting a Grip, Build a Custom Parenting Plan That Actually Works was published in 2017. In Getting a Grip, Bethany shares her insights on intentional parenting objectives and creating a framework for meeting them. Now she's on a mission to help mompreneurs find success and balance in both their business and family. Her newest title, The Juggle is Real, Finding Success and Balance as a Mompreneur, gives the reader the benefit of 30 years of brand and marketing experience to help them grow their businesses. At the same time, she explores how to strike the right balance, remove friction, build a tribe, and find parenting success. As part of that mission, Bethany launched timetothrivemembership.com as a way of helping small business owners level up their sales and marketing skills. So Bethany, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> you have covered
0: it. We did share quite a bit, but I would love for you just to talk maybe a little bit more about how you actually became a mompreneur.
1: Well, actually I owned a business. I, when I was working in corporate world, you know, it did what a lot of companies do. And then there's mergers, there's acquisitions, Mm -hmm. things are changing. I thought I was going to be the gold watch girl. I had the license plate VP to be, I was very focused on that ladder. I was climbing and Mm -hmm. always looking for the next opportunity to move up. And then this merger happened and it just changed everything. And we ended up becoming a separate company and apart from the corporation now I was in a company of 15 people I was managing 23 third-party administrator companies at the time mm. and one of those companies offered to go into business with me and you know had and they had been talking to me about it for a while but I was like no I'm the gold watch girl you know I'm, I'm on a path I'm on a mission but then life changes as it so often does. And so I found myself going into business at that time with somebody who really understood business. And so he was a mentor as well as a business partner and a friend. Three years after we started the business, it was it was quite successful, but he decided he wanted to go in a different direction, have a different focus. So I bought him out and continued the business on and eventually sold that business so that I could focus on my family after uh, adopting. So that was kind of the beginnings of entrepreneurship for me. And I think once you get the bug, once you get a little taste of it, it's very hard to go back to working for anyone else.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely freedom. I mean, obviously as a business owner, often we work more than we would have sometimes with the corporate job right. too, but there are, you know, the pluses and minuses of course, in anything. But I know today's topic, we wanted to kind of talk about how we can surprise and delight our customers by making just a few changes. And I would love you first to talk about like, maybe what are some of those things that we need to be thinking of as business owners that can improve that customer experience so that, you know, we can give the service that we think we may be giving, but maybe we're not doing as much as we could.
1: Yeah, what a great question. You know, maybe I'll I'll back up a little bit and just say... That a lot of times when I ask a business owner about their brand, they Mm -hmm. immediately point to their logo and say, "Yeah, I have a brand. Here it is, right here in my logo." Um, Brand is is really your logo really is just a creative reflection
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of your brand or a representation rather. And so then I have to do this whole let me help you understand what brand really is. And as we get into the experience that customers are having and throughout that customer journey, brand the thing that elevates us or sets us apart or makes us different from our competitors is our ability to wow, surprise, and delight them. Mm -hmm. our, Our customers expect the big things. They expect the standard. They expect, you know, Um, if you say this, I'm going to get that where, and, and, and your competitors are all doing that, Mm -hmm. right. Or they're not staying in business very long, right. We do like the basics, the fundamentals where we can really stand apart is, is in those nuances of the things that they don't expect. Those little small things that really don't take a lot of time or money to do, But being intentional about doing them is what really creates an impression in the mind of your customers. And your ultimate goal in a customer journey, if you look at the different steps in the customer journey, the the end of that customer journey is to create a raving fan, right? The end Mm -hmm. of that journey is to have customers who can't stop talking about you and their brand ambassadors, basically. And so one of the things that we teach business owners to do inside our Time to Thrive membership is to, we call it touchpoint mapping. And if you look at all those ways in which you make an impression on your, on your customer's experience throughout the customer journey, you can actually pinpoint them. You can make them a dot, right? You make them a spot, a moment, a, a point, rather, you know, on this mm-hmm you know, map it across that whole customer journey. And then you can be very intentional about looking at each of those points and saying, how can we do it different? How can we wow, surprise, delight our customer in this point? And if you do that, if you work your way from point to point to point, at the end of the day, your your competitors aren't doing that. And at the end of, end of the day, you create this incredible experience for customers and the best marketing you can ever have is a testimonial of a customer who's been blown away by you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you talked about a customer journey and a lot of people probably understand what you mean, but for those maybe who are newer in business or maybe don't exactly know what you mean, can you talk about that for a minute?
1: Yeah. So a, a customer journey, uh, you uh, if you think of it like a funnel, right? Everybody's heard about sales funnels and, and things like that. The top of the funnel is very wide. That's where they first become aware of you. So maybe they see a post go by from social social media post goes by, and it's the first time they've ever seen anything from you. Oh, I'm 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 just now becoming aware of this this company, and then they move into um, the next step in the journey, which is interest or curiosity, or you know, like now they're asking a question to determine whether this you know, is this going to solve my problem? Is this a company I want to work with? And so they're kind of in that mode. And then they make a buying decision. And there's that process of going through the process of buying, whatever that looks like. If you're e-commerce, it's, you know, on a website, if you're, you know, a a retail location, it would be in the store. And then you want to create, you know, a repeat buyer and a brand ambassador, and so those would be the stages of the, the customer journey that you would want to look at figuring out how you can map those points. Um, and the more effective you do that, especially like at the top of the funnel, because if you think about all the customers that are aware of you, mm-hmm. the top of the bed, there's a lot of them that are aware of you, but there's, very, there, there's less at the bottom of the funnel where they come out the bottom that actually have made a purchase and become a, a brand ambassador. And so, you know, you, you want to think about ways of how can I move more of those people at the top through and into becoming a customer and mm-hmm. ways that we can do that is by wowing them, surprising them, delighting them, coming up with unexpected things in the journey that really are memorable and connect to them emotionally and are relevant to them.
0: Right. So can you give a couple examples, maybe along that customer journey where you're saying, here's like a touch point we can have. So maybe if someone is showing interest and then maybe they're just now becoming a client to use your service and then, you know, maybe they're making another purchase or again, you want to build that brand ambassadorship from them. So can you maybe give an idea for each step along the way of something they might be able to do?
1: Yeah. So for every company that looks really different, so we'll try and just keep kind of keep it in general so it can be applied. But if you look at, look at the standard, look at the way that your industry is doing business, for example, if your industry has a lot of automation in their communication, mm-hmm. then you want to be looking at ways, how can I personalize this? I can still use automation, but keep it personal um, or find ways to add personal touches to that. The technology is available to do that now. Like we have it where we can track IP addresses. So when I arrive on your website, you could say, hi, Bethany, welcome back. You know, if I, if you're going to send me an email, make sure that you're saying, hi, Bethany, you know, at the top of the email and maybe use an actual signature of somebody of an actual person at the bottom of the email, as opposed to making it feel cold and making it feel you know, like this stock thing that everybody is getting, you want it to to make it feel personal. If I get an email from, and I get a lot of emails from salespeople (laughs) every day, I I own a marketing agency. And so there's (laughs) lots of people trying to get me to sell things to my customers for them. If I get an email from somebody and they have demonstrated that they've gone to my website and they've taken a you know, a half second to figure out what I focus on, who my customers look like, you know, what my needs are, and they reflect that in the email, I will Mm -hmm. read the email. But if I open an email and I can clearly see this as a form letter, I don't even get to the bottom. It's, I already deleted it. So just taking a minute to better understand our customers, segment those customers, and then speak messages that are very directly tied to them and being personal, personalized in any way that we can throughout that touch point map, that, that would be a big one and would apply to anybody because customers want to feel like they are not a number. They want to feel like right. you care, that you understand and any way that you can do that is, is powerful
0: hmm. Well, and you mentioned a couple things like, oh, I could recognize your IP address and I could say, hi, Bethany. Right. Or obviously in the email, inserting your name and having that kind of automated. And so, again, if someone is maybe newer, they don't know as much about the technology that they can be using. Can you maybe just give some ideas? Doesn't necessarily have to be a specific one you recommend, you know, but just in general things that they can use to do that? Because I don't necessarily know how to make sure I know their IP address is for them. What would we do for that?
1: So there's, there's a lot of great platforms out there. So, and a lot of times platforms now have gotten industry specific. So what I would recommend is Googling, you know, for your industry, SaaS software for your particular industry and looking at those, what comes up in Google for that. Cause that's really going to give you, cause you know, like if you're a real estate brokerage, there's, you know, there's going to be a platform out there, a number of them that are specific right. to you or regardless, whatever industry you're in, I would start there because that, that those platforms have been very specifically built to your needs mm-hmm. rather than just something general. So that's what I would
0: recommend. Right. On- okay, time. great. Great. So if somebody now is thinking, okay, like I know I had started to develop a brand. I thought I was developing a brand, you know, I've got a logo, I've got a few things. And like you said, it's not just your logo. You know, what are some of the things they can do to develop that to really get the word out to the customer that's going to bring that interest, you know, so that they can become a prospect and then start through that customer journey?
1: Well, one of the things I do is when I work with a business owner, if we're doing training inside, we do a whole brand coaching week inside of Time to Thrive. The first step really is to understand yourself, what your values are. Ultimately, your best customers are going to be those that align with your values as mm-hmm. as a business owner, as a, as a business, because the two aren't two separate entities. You are your business. <laughs> <So> right. <we'll- laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you're, if you started that business, if your are why your passion for starting that business is built around X, you want to attract customers who share your value of X. Right. So the big thing for us is really just identifying what those things are um, that are important to you and building a brand narrative around that so that you are messaging yourself in such a way that people are connecting, the right people are connecting to that message and being attracted to you and so and I know that sounds very conceptual but you know a very easy thing that people can do is choose 10 adjectives that you would want your customers to say about you Mm -hmm. so it's not what you're going to say about your business because you're biased (laughs) because you're right Right. here the business owner Pick 10 adjectives that you want customers to say. They may not even be saying it right now. That doesn't matter. Pick those 10 and then go to a thesaurus and one at a time go through those 10 because I guarantee you, you picked the low hanging fruit when it came to that word and you mm-hmm. picked the easy word and the word that all your competitors are using. So now you want to take that word and you want to look at thesaurus.com is a great resource. I use it all the time. Plunk that word in and then look at the list and see if there's another word that has a better, deeper meaning that aligns more suitably with your overall values. Mm -hmm. Then change your word. But come up with 10 and but do that process because you'll be surprised how you'll go like, no, that word is way better, or it's more unique or more whatever that but more on target because English language is so cool. Like words just have these little slight nuances and things to them. And you just want to get that right because it really, that's going to become your vocabulary. Those 10 words now become the basis for your brand narrative. Those are the words that you want to say over and over and over again, because Mm -hmm. they're reflecting those values and things that are important to you. Right. That so that would be a little easy, basic step to kind of getting to that brand narrative
0: process. I love that tip. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that. Like I've heard, of course, write down, you know, the words you want to use or your values, but never go and find, you know, maybe a synonym that maybe has a little bit different connotation that's a little bit more closer to what you want. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah.
0: I have a thought though, as you were talking about that and I was saying like, That's great too, when you're your own person in your company and it's basically you, but what happens as you're scaling? I mean, obviously as you're hiring, you still want to have people that fit into the culture of your company and, you know, embrace the values that you have, but how does your marketing maybe change from you being a solo only person in the company, handling all the work versus having a team. And as you continue to grow.
1: Yeah, so you speak to one of the biggest challenges that companies have and that is the larger you get, the harder it is to maintain your brand culture. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be as you grow, you have to be very intentional that you are hiring people that align with your brand values. So it's very important even at when it's just you to understand what those things are because as you hire people, you want to know as you're interviewing people You want to know that those people are going to align with your brand values. If they don't, it doesn't matter how good they are at the job. Mm -hmm. They are not going to be a fit and they are not going to reflect your brand. Well, to your customers, you need employees, especially the frontline employees. They have to be brand ambassadors to your customers. They have to use that vocabulary and really mean it. They have to share your passion for how you solve a problem. And so... It's very important to understand what that is. So in the hiring process, that's part of it. But then as you onboard those employees, you train them in what your brand values are, what your brand vocabulary is, what the brand narrative is, and you drill it into them that, you know, that this is who we are and this is how we communicate. And this is what, how we say things consistently, how you Mm -hmm. leave a voicemail matters. Like um, what your voicemail message is matters how you end in, how you speak in an email every single email matters all of those things reflect your brand how you talk on the phone with a customer matters how you solve the problem if they're angry if they have a complaint how you handle that that matters that reflects your mm-hmm. brand so all those things need to be part of that onboarding process and a continuous training process Now, when you're small, that looks less formal, right? Mm -hmm. It looks more like at the staff meeting, you just remind everybody, your team of four people or whatever, you just remind them, Hey, you know, I got this feedback from a customer that so-and-so over here, you know, did a good job of solving their problem when they called in. So way to go. Like that's a way to re-emphasize, you know, Mm -hmm. your brand narrative with your employees But, you know, when you start getting into 50 and 100 and and so on, when your company starts getting to that level, you have to formalize those processes or they can get lost. One person can drop the ball and then you start getting cracks in your brand narrative because now you've ended up hiring people that really don't align with your values anymore. So and then you've got to make sure that those things are in place, that that's just part of the process and, and people are expected to follow it. And so that's why it can be hard too when, a, when the companies merge. Right. Because now they're taking two different brand narratives and brand values and all of that and sticking them together. So, you know, in the merger process, if you're looking to merge or acquire companies, as part of your growth strategy, you want to make sure that you're looking at companies whose company culture is at least closely aligned with yours. Cause the further Mm -hmm. away it is, the harder it's going to be to bring everybody together. And that can cause a failure of catastrophic (laughs) proportions. If you don't, if you're not in that place of synergy and, and working on the same page. Right. So So
0: when you have a team, you know, and you're, obviously, like I said, you're hiring, you're making those changes to your process to make sure everybody understands like how you have to be in the company, but switching from just like, hi, I'm, you know, Candy and I am a bookkeeper to, Hey, this is affordable bookkeeping. And I have this great staff and all of these people are available to help. I guess, is there a different way to still message? So people realize it's not just me now I have a staff that's willing to help them. And you know what I mean? Like, making sure that you still have that brand message, but they realize too that this is a company too, not just a person, you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and that's part of your branding, right? Some people start businesses with no intention of ever being anything other than a solopreneur, Mm -hmm. right? I'm a CPA, I plan on doing people, I don't plan on growing, I don't want that headache, that's not my focus. So your brand reflects that right? Your brand brand reflects. If you're somebody who's who's starting out, but you have plans to scale Mm -hmm. and grow and add more CPAs and really build a firm, you want to brand it right from the get-go that that's who you are. So, because it's a lot harder to make that switch. Like you're talking about to say, well, you know, I was just candy solopreneur, but now I'm moving into this other different level, I guess, of company. Mm -hmm. So it's say say, you know, brand it the way you want. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we'll have company owners, you know, or people who are start a startup, they will come to us. And that's my, one of my first questions, what are your plans? Like mm-hmm. we, and we need to know that from, even from a copyright standpoint, like if you're going to stay local working out of your basement. Copyright is not as big an issue, but if you're going to franchise, if you're going to open multiple locations and cross Mm state lines and things like that, well, then we have to do a lot more due diligence when it comes to our creative assets and things like that to make sure that we're not, don't look like somebody else that's our, that has already created that. So there's a, a lot of considerations there at the front end but if you think you're going to grow or scale and then brand yourself that way, right from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: I also say a lot of times what people do is they, they do the ego name, you know, they they use their name in the, in the name of the company and that can make it harder to grow after that. Uh, if it, if you're like, you know, unless you're a law firm or something, then you look like partners, but I call it the ego name. I think mm-hmm. it's, You know, if you have plans to grow, I think it's better to come up with something that has, that is built more around your values than it is around your identity as a person.
0: Right. That's a great tip too. And then in terms of like a refresh in your brand, because I've heard obviously your brand a lot of times stays consistent, but sometimes there's just a little bit of a refresh that needs to be done. So can you just briefly touch on maybe when a refresh might be necessary
1: So there's two different kinds of refresh and I'll put that in quotes, refresh, right? So there's the refresh of your creative assets because maybe you had that logo done 10 years ago and now it looks Mm -hmm. dated. So it needs a little bit of updating. That would be one thing. And really you don't have to do a whole lot with that because unless you're completely revamping it. Your customers are used to seeing it and now they see a new version. It's kind of like you think a lot of the fast food places have done it in the last few years. Uh Wendy's and you know, McDonald's and uh, you know, if you drive by them now, they're getting they had new logos, but they're mm-hmm. the same logos. Arby's, I think, was one too. It, they're they're kind of this the same, but updated, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit more modern. That would be one thing. But another refresh is to, and you, you know, and that's why we talk about it's important to audit your brand on a regular basis to make sure that everything is still as it, as you intend it to be. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, like sometimes things change. Sometimes our focus changes are maybe we started out as this kind of company, but as we, as we grew and evolved and, And we find ourselves now we're doing something completely different with a whole different type of audience and, and so on. So we need to refresh that brand, that narrative, that all the things to better reflect who we have now become.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that would be a different kind of brand refresh because that's more, that's your creative assets, but it's also your internal brand narrative and the way you message it externally. Right.
0: Perfect. Well, I know this has been some great information. I know we're getting close to the end of the time that we have today. So I want to ask if you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners. And also, how can they connect with you if they have additional questions or want to work with you? Yeah.
1: So the offer I would point to is at timetothrive.zone at that website. And once you land there, it'll pop up. And it's an eight-page social media strategy workbook. When you A lot of people waste a lot of time on social media because they just, Mm -hmm. they treat their their business social media like they do their their personal page, right? Mm -hmm. They just like when they see something, they post it or they share it or they, you know, there's not a whole lot of strategy behind it. And so this eight page social media strategies workbook will actually take you through the process of figuring out who your customers are. And then it will show you where they are on social media. So should you be on TikTok? Maybe not. Should you be on LinkedIn? Maybe. Should you be on Facebook? How do you know? So, you know, it takes you through that process of figuring out what your customers look like so you can determine where they spend their time on social media. And then it also takes you through some content strategies and things to really connect and build relationship because that's what social media is really good for. It's not just for being out there with a megaphone and being annoying. It's about building that relationship and providing value and creating affinity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that would be the place there. You can connect with me. I'm vertical solutions media is on most platforms. You can find me there or personally find me on LinkedIn. I spend a good bit of time there too. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you, Bethany, for being a guest on my show and sharing your expertise in this area. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on. Mm -hmm. And I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions about how to wow, surprise, and delight customers with a few small changes. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Bethany, or you can send me a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join me for my next interview. And please remember that you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share our show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day.
1: Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.